Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. To stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome in, friendos. This is it this league right here on Sports Grid. Three hours of your uh, favorite guys. Yeah, mediocre. At least like guys that you like. Guys Why that you, are you like. Already calling us mediocre. Sorry, sorry. I don't We're know. great. I, We're we, amazing. We are you great. Should be listening to us all three hours. We are the best in the business. Look at that. That's, that's some positive. Oh, oh, emphatic at the end. That's Bogman, by the way. That's like hyped up. I think that. I think that's like pre about to have to go do three miles. Like kind of trying to ramp yourself up. You know, like. You know, like when you like you're really tired and you're just like you slapping your face like oh, let's do this. Like I think that was Bogman's like pre hype. Like let's do this because uh, I am Matt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Diamondbacks all they do is uh, lose games and Bogman has to do miles. But that is Scott Bogman. You can find him on Twitter at Bogman Sports. You can find me on Twitter at Is It the Welsh. And you can come over to endlessleague.com if you want to. I don't know, find out a little bit more about who we are and what we got going down. That's our Patreon with lots of cool stuff over there if you want to uh, if you want to check it out. Plus the million podcasts that we've got going on, and this just happens to be our weekend edition. And you know, I tweeted out Boggs that like most people know, at least if you followed us a little bit, you you know about this. And some people loved the bit last year where last year Diamondbacks lose, Bogman needs Carl's Jr. This year, 
It's the inverse where Diamondbacks lose. You're running miles for how many runs they lose. Not by. really running. I'm well, doing walking. miles on the treadmill. Yeah, you're walking miles on a treadmill. Um, if they lose by three, you're walking three. I was going to play the inverse of this to kind of play along this year. I went and bought a bike, a, a, a not cheap bike, not, you know, not crazy, but not cheap. And um, I was going might to as do well melt it down. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I might just, you know, make a cool table out of it because I was going to do the differential in runs that they win by. And I do have to make up a couple because they had a one run win and they had a three run win. So I do have the four miles, which in biking, I'm going to double it. So eight I did miles. more than that the first night. I know. That's what I was about to say. Opening is like, night is I thought like even pessimistically, like I might, you know, I might be really putting some on here, but I tweeted out on Thursday night. We're getting to the point with how horrid the Arizona Diamondbacks look, who, by the way, are many people's little darling favorites in this weird COVID time and a 16 team playoff to get, you know, to the World Series. I, I've seen I'm trying to remember who it was, if it was someone at the, at the Athletic or something. I've seen predictor, predictors of the Diamondbacks beating the White Sox in the World Series. That's how much like little darlings they are in this process. Yeah, but that sounds like the same thing as that sounds like pity votes for the D-backs and the White Sox. Maybe, but I thought they would like win some games. And I tweeted out at this point in this process, Bogman is going to be like Christian Bale in The Machinist with how they're winning. I'm going to look like Christian Bale in Vice. I'm not doing anything. They're never. I was worried, like, oh god, how many how many runs are they going to be up once I finally get this bike and built and installed? Hey, guess what? Just those four. That's it. I got the bike installed and I just started up. So they just don't win games. So not that anybody on here cares about the Diamondbacks. Uh, just you know, that's an us thing. But I'm a little. I'm I'm excited and worried for you at the same time. I'm glad you're <laughs> able to start this process because this might kickstart, you know, you kind of feeling better at the same yeah. time. Bodies aren't meant to do this type of workload. The Diamondbacks <laughs> are putting on you in at this moment, this quick, right? This is, uh, it, you know, this series against the Dodgers, I feel like is going to be rather taxing on the body. So yeah. Um, and weirdly as we're recording this Joe Kelly's in the game, I guess he's appealing his suspension so he gets to still play. Yeah. But, uh, Spoiler yeah, where I mean, we are recording this when we're recording this. these losers don't, uh, they don't realize you you're allowed to lose a game by a run yeah, or two runs. Like you can do that. I'm actually more annoyed by the time than the, uh, what do you, mean? you know, the work, what like the time? the time it takes me to do the miles. Oh, like, I'm yeah, more yeah. annoyed by that. Like, you know, going to Carl's Jr., you know, 15, 20 minutes. So, that's true. and I was still annoyed to by eat. that time last year. And you yeah, got to and, like and eat I get it lunch. Up. Well, I really got sick of it at the end. Like, I, I undersold how sick of it I was, but I have not been back to Carl's Jr. So, yeah. I uh, mean, you and I talked, like, we, we joked about it, but you're a man of your word. Like, you're out here and you're videoing every single one of your sessions and it's on Twitter. You did the same thing with Carl's Jr. But we would joke about how, like, at towards the end, you're like, I'm ready to go buy the bag with the food, dump it in the garbage and then put other food in there and right. pretend like I'm eating it. Like that's what, that was the point you were getting to that. You, you're you not, you're a up, you know, you're an upstanding well, there's citizen, Euro but like right across the street. Well, I'm Carl's sure if you Jr. pulled out a Euro from your Carl's Jr. bag, no one would have bought it. Well, yeah, well, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would have been really Here's funny. my Carl's Jr. And you're eating like tacos, like a quesadilla. Like, I don't think that's on the menu guys. But I've like, uh, you know, I have like PTSD from all that Carl's Jr. I like avoid that area now too. Yeah. I don't want to drive over there. So uh, that I, I I'm sick of that. I mean, you know, the 
the treadmill uh, you don't get sick of. It's just there. Well, you know I mean, I mean yeah, you sure you, you don't get sick of it, but you can. Well, when get you get sick, sick of it, it, you uh, you know, fold it up and uh put it somewhere or sell it on uh, you know, whatever for $25 to get it out of your apartment. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we've all been there, of course. Sure. So, uh, just <laughs> I give up. Get, take this treadmill. I don't want it anymore. So, uh, but yeah, man, it's um the Diamondbacks early season has not been great. They've got to start hitting, and Robbie Ray is the worst. It just well, they're uh, the epitome of all the problems of like what's going on right now too. Like you, you would have thought more more of a veteran pitching staff. Like fantasy owners have to be reeling because we had a SP streamer on uh, our ITL Fantasy Baseball podcast earlier in the week, and you know he, he was very dismissive of Madison Bumgarner, but I don't think that was a consensus view, especially with you know this gold glove as as i pointed out you have gold glove defense not just in one position like across the board i mean we're t- we, i mean we're talking multiple and runner up type of gold glove stuff that's going on across the defense plus a pretty damn good offense there were high expectations robbie ray contract year made very very noticeable differences in um you know he in lost his a bunch of weight yeah lost a bunch of weight in his motion you have Zach Gallen who you know really was incredible in his time um you high hopes about guys like Merrill Kelly and Merrill Kelly, you know, was the one bright spot. So all I'm getting at is like, they're the epitome of, Hey, in a short stint, you know, you got guys that can go deeper into games. you got a guy like Robbie Ray. If he could just, just deal with that command, it's good to go. And it's all falling apart. Madison Pumgarner looks like absolute garbage. Robbie Ray looks worse than he's ever looked. And the team can't hit either. Like they can barely put anything together. Yeah, it's just Marte really. It, it, oh. show, it shows you what, you, what, you th- we all think we know that you can't fully quantify. And I know it, it, it feels uh, Homerism. People would scream Homerism at us as Diamondback fans. But, you know, if you really, like, take a look at this team and who they should be and how far off they are, it's unfortunate. And there's just not enough time. You know, that's well, the they've had thing. a slow start. Yeah. And the Padres have had a hot start. So yeah. it's kind of opposite. You know, I, I know some people were picking the Padres. I thought it was maybe a year early and the D-backs were going to – just be better than them. I, I thought the pitching staff was a little bit better. Uh, but like you said, Bumgarner, while still successful, Trash. I mean, he at least has command. He's got command. Uh, yeah, Robbie Ray. That's, you know, a good point. If those two could just like breed into one pitcher, <laughs> they'd be fantastic. Get or they'd bump- be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fair point, too. Just make sure we get Robbie Ray's sensibility of someone who's trying to lose weight and not, you know, ruin their season uh, by, uh, you know, being Mason Saunders and, uh, writing, writing bulls ATVs. or writing ATVs or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but they're just like all encompassing. Is it dangerous? I'll write it. Can I tell you too? My name's Mason, by the way. It is weird watching American hero Joe Kelly on the mound right now. U.S. <laughs> American hero Joe Kelly, who has the most memeable face. He uh, he did what we were all wanting, though, of course, Astros fans would be. Uh, a little bit upset about it. I like that he's appealing. Um, yeah, again, like this first hour, you're going to get like a real nice all-encompassing ride of when uh, all hours of this uh, podcast are done because they're all over the place this week. But like watching him pitch against the Diamondbacks, I'm glad he's appealing. First off, he is an American hero. Second off, the eight-game suspension is so embarrassing by baseball. It's so embarrassing with Manfred. He didn't hit him. Obviously, we knew what he was doing, and people have pointed this out, and I don't think it's wrong. He got the damn eight games simply because of um, uh, no, 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 because of the the lip going. Mm, you know what I'm no. saying? No, 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 no. He got the eight the games. Be- 
Uh, he, here's the thing. Yeah. Well, the lip, uh, the lip thing, I'm sure didn't. Help, I think he got it because of the taunting. Hundred percent. He didn't. He didn't. Zero percent. A hundred percent. He got the eight games because they just had a huge breakout in Miami, and they don't want it happening from a fight. You know. So yeah, but I that's not on Joe Kelly. They, 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 Dave I know it's not on Joe Kelly, but but it doesn't matter. Nah. It's on. It's on. You know, policing yourself and that kind of stuff starts rumbles, and you can't have these players fighting each other. Uh, in the middle of this pandemic. See, you just can't. That's an interesting so. take. I hadn't heard that because I, I think this is fully chalked up to Manford having, you know, this this no bull attitude of, uh, of you know, retaliation with the Astros, which is the most embarrassing well, thing I on the don't, planet. It starts there and then it goes to the taunting. And I don't blame anyone for thinking that Manford's an idiot. So, I mean, I'm with you on the line. I 100% so. think that's what it is. <laughs> I, I think it starts with Manford being like, hey, this is my no tolerance policy on, on blah, 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 this. And then the second off was because Joe Kelly made a mockery of the team by, you know, hey, not nice swing B. And uh, the lip and the <laughs> eh, nah, nah. like he taunted, he taunted them hilariously like a baby. But the Astros haven't been, uh, none of the players have been slapped on the wrist. He didn't hit anybody. And, you know, he just doesn't, he just doesn't give an F. And they suspended him eight games. And why that's so ridiculous, everybody in the world has pointed out. It's like in a regular season, that's equivalent to like 20, I think it was 22 games is what I saw. That's insane for the first person in the season to that. No, it it is wildly too much for him to be suspended. He didn't even hit him. But I'm telling you, it's because they don't want teams fighting. They, yeah. they just don't. Like, I bet Rob Manfred was so happy when Yasiel Puig couldn't sign his deal with the Braves because that means he can't start a fight with the entire Reds team. You know what I mean? So I think that's what it was more about. It was trying to say, hey, you know, we can't have fighting this season because, you know, one guy has it and you guys start brawling, then that it could literally spread to most of the guys in the brawl. So, uh, I mean, I it's a fair that, point, but I just, I just don't see, I don't think that's about Joe Kelly. That's, I think that's on management. And as, as, uh, Dave Roberts had to sit down his team and talk about how important it is that they, you know, that they don't get up and they don't, you know, they can't right. have bench uh, clearing brawls and stuff like that. Right. At the end of the day, like, like, sure. Like we're not going to play stupid, but if they even gave though him we two games, just for a second, if they gave him two games yeah. and then, the next time Joe Kelly's out there, someone says something to him and he drills them. Now they're rumbling for real. Like that. And it still might happen. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility for that to happen. But, uh, I think now with eight games, like you said, uh, a big, big chunk of your season, it's almost a sixth of your season, obviously. Uh, I, I think that you're less willing to do something like that. I, or I most think, players are. I think it's, it's, it's bad business when, you know, your statement is made against the guy that threw at the Astros. It's bad. Bit. No, make a statement 100%. with the Astros players. You, you don't you don't like, all right, we're going to make our point really hard here. And we're going to go at Joe Kelly because not only did he throw at two of the guys, then he taunted them. And you, you make that type of play. Like, listen, you, you set up a preseason thing. You know, it's going to happen. Baseball is riddled with the unspoken rule. The whole game is this unspoken rule. So don't now play like, well, this is the thing that we're going to protect. You're going to protect an entire team who cheated, probably just under your nose, similar to the, you know, the Bud Selig steroids under his nose. Plenty of stuff was probably sent to them. They knew about the whole thing. And you're going to protect the whole team in a world of unwritten rules that you don't think a team, it, it should, it should be the most 
unspoken thing on the planet that yeah. a team like the Dodgers or Indians would throw at them. So you, now you're going to throw the book at the pitcher who didn't even make contact with it. He was making a statement. And he, he didn't, didn't even start the fight either. Like no. he, he was he was yelling stuff. Correa did. Carl, yeah. In, I mean, in, technically in, he did by yeah, throwing it. Yeah, to Correa's credit, by the way, he didn't start a fight. He just yelled at him, and the other guys from the bench came out. So Yeah, because uh, everybody's and, all wired up. And you're right. And A.J. Pollock, and I can't believe I'm about to agree with anything A.J. Pollock just said, but he said about this stuff, hey, look, the game has policed itself for so long. Th that, that's what I there's just no, said. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, there's no reason for him to get this uh, lengthy of a suspension, and he's absolutely right. It, it pisses uh, and, me off that you're right. This is the thing that they decide. Like, well, now the uh, now that the policing and the unspoken rules, we got to fix this. Nah, why don't you make a full on uh, a, a full on determination across the board? Hey, if a guy pimps a home run and then you hit him or you start a fight, you're getting extra suspended. Make it all. Don't make it. Don't make it in protection of these cheating-ass cheaters. They cheated the game. They embarrassed the game. You look at Altuve and you cringe now, who used to be this once lovable player, like, oh, look how short he is, and look how great of a player he is, and we love him, and look at that picture against Aaron Judge. He's now, it's a minion. He, he sucks. What? It's bad to look at him. Correa is the biggest baby. He has taken over the baby mantle from Manny Machado, <laughs> and Bregman is just hard to like. Every person on that team is despicable, and baseball is like, well, now we got to step in. We, we well, can't, you know, now it's time. What's more embarrassing for baseball, you think, though? Uh, do you Never. think the, uh, I mean, the, the, the sign stealing uh, scandal is real bad, but do you think it that's worse, or do you think the the Miami Marlins having nineteen guys pop mm. for COVID out of the thirty man roster that they have, uh, nineteen of them have popped? And there's rumors now. I haven't seen them confirmed anywhere, so I don't know. But that some of the Marlins were at a club in Atlanta yeah. the night that they went there to do their summer camp exhibition game mm -hmm. uh, against the Braves. So. Is it more embarrassing to have the the sign stealing scandal or, you know, everyone else in baseball is working out and uh, the, the Marlins are the no. ones that are dragging everything down? It's it's more embarrassing because the sign stealing is a baseball issue. The Marlins is it, the Marlins just embarrassed themselves like, OK, like the Astro, I guess the Astros inherently kind of did something the Marlins did on their own. They did this thing. But there were so many people, uh, and it was a, a very league-wide known thing. I mean, you're not going to tell me, like, only the Astros knew when you've got, you know, Carlos right. Beltran from over here and Cora over there. Like, this, this yeah, is, the Red Sox did it, too, just not yeah, to the extent the Astros this, did. That's already been proven. This is just similar to me of, like, the, the, the steroid thing. Like, everybody knew what was going on. Don't even try to play stupid. Like, Selig didn't know what was, oh, what? Steroid? It's the same blah, thing blah, in this. Blah, blah. So this is embarrassing for First I'm hearing about it. For baseball as a whole. And, they're, and they're, they're, they're topping on the embarrassment because of stuff like, well, now you're going to suspend this guy who's doing what everybody wants. And now you're stepping into the unspoken rules where the Marlins That's are just embarrassing for themselves. They, they are... They I think are, the Marlins might be more costly. You know who they the are? Sox. They're the Gomer Pile of um of baseball teams. Like there needs to be a baseball team that fills up the um the pillowcase with towel or with, a <laughs> with soap, soap and then just bop bop bop. Like if they're a unit, that they're the Gomer Pile of baseball teams right now. That's what's so yeah. embarrassing the, about the, it. The, I mean, the Marlins getting contracted and nothing would be lost. No. I mean, it, 
that's exactly what. Well, that's pretty much. I, I, I got to be honest. I'd be so pissed at, at the Marlins. I would just say, you know what? Why don't you stay in Miami for the rest of the year? We'll do this without you. I'm telling you, you know, so soap in the uh, soap in the pillowcase. We got to go to break. We'll be right back. Uh, more baseball. Basketball is back. There's football craziness. It's a pretty jam-packed episode. Feels like sports is back in America. Thank God. We'll be right back. More in this league. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this league. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. Full shirt. Holy mother forking shirt boss. In this league. Check us out online in thisleague.com and check out our Patreon. Brand new month is here. Actually, today it is the best time to come and sign up because the beginning of the month locks you down. There's some football news that is relative to ranks. Well, guess what? Brand new ranks dropping. We'll have two brand new comedy secret shows. We actually just dropped one on Friday. So you got a brand new show there if you sign up, plus a backlog of 80 other secret shows. Two more coming up in the month. Football ranks being updated, live streams, group B rooms. Uh, I mean, it just literally the list goes on and on. It's almost annoying. I know people get annoyed listening to it, but we talk about all the stuff. So just come and check it out for yourself in this league.com. We would deeply appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at is it the Welsh at Bogman Sports. I saw Bog- Bogman, you were kind of getting in the thick of some tweets because I, I was out tweeting a little bit tonight, like uh, or on Thursday night, tweeting about Robbie Ray being garbage and um, Shane Bieber. I mean, Shane Bieber looks incredible. Shane Bieber. Like, just give him the Cy Young. Well, I mean, I, you know, it, you know what pisses me off, too? Like, Shane Bieber is one of those guys I kind of highlighted in um, in the preseason. And, and people always get this stuff kind of wrong. And, and, I, and I really try to reiterate, he was never a guy that I was off or trying to fade. But in conversation, my biggest question was always the sustainability of strikeouts. Not that he would be bad. Not that he can't even be really decent or good or really good without the strikeout numbers, but taking that next step into like an elite starting pitcher from a fantasy perspective where we're going into the Scherzers and the Garrett Coles and the, uh, the Verlanders, you know, in that mode to Grom's like, 
I've got to have a high maintained uh, strikeout rate. And I had questions about his stuff and being able to maintain the high strikeout stuff, you know, because the guy's got really good command and he's got a good pitch mix. He's young. The sample size just had me in question where I didn't want to go and put him like five overall. Well, I've turned, I've turned. and And I was talking with someone on Twitter about this, where this is one of those things. And I've done this with prospects where like, I'm waiting for one thing and it may sound like I'm lower on the person or dislike the person more than others. But if I get that one thing, I can have a complete role reversal. And that's what's happened with Bieber. Like I think Bieber's insane. I made such a massive boost to my dynasty rankings, which are available on our Patreon to Shane Bieber. And we don't really dive in, especially with this insane year into in season ranks, but you know, I think he would, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I think you just, I, I, at this moment, I would take him over Scherzer for the rest of the year. He looks incredible. Wow. He's a Cy Young, um, he's a Cy Young contender in the AL. If, and like you said, you know, practically give him to the dude at this point. And it looks like a good opportunity to maintain it. So, you know, Shane Beamer's another one of those just insanities of the year, but I was tweeting about that. But I saw you tweeting with, uh, with Davenport. You were, I just, yeah. I like seeing like some, some original tweet content from Bogman out there. Well, uh, Gary, you mean besides the miles I do every day yeah, when the I mean, Diamondbacks that's lose? That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. That's right. Yeah, I, I, do, I do some. Uh, you get mad because I just retweet the stuff that you put out there for our stuff. But, uh, I mean. Don't project uh, on me. We're, talk, we're talking to the same people. So, uh, I think a retweet's good enough. I but, think it's perfectly fine. I just like I like hearing from Bogman. Bogman is right, a very, right. you're a witty guy. I, I'm and, not the best at Twitter. And and I'm I'm really good at looking at Instagram. Instagram, but I'm not good at doing it. <laughs> you are a master scroller, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I can scroll like nobody's business. So uh really good at looking at Instagram, right? But the um yeah, Gary invited me to deathmatch this year. And it's the like the what is that? It's like the IDP league uh in you know the industry. It's a bunch of industry people. You have the full IDP lineup of uh, you know, eleven starters on on defense doing the IDP stuff. So uh, he invited me to it this year. I graciously accepted. Is it like Fight Club? So, like, you know, you could only be invited if somebody invites you? A little exclusive. Gary Gary runs it, so Gary oh. has to invite you. You got to get, so. like, a special key, and you got to, like, find a, you know, use a black light on the door to find <laughs> the right code. Well, this is my third year of IDP, of the IDP show with Gary, and this is my first year in the, uh, in, in I th- well, maybe this is my second. might be my second year. But this is my first invite. You so. know what? I, I got to tell you, I had this moment where I felt I felt very proud for you because like, <laughs> like Gary this specifically, it's it's going to be so it is. And so I don't know what it is. I'm going to be so mad when you're done. <laughs> like you're going to be so mad. I just I, I think it might be insulting. But like, like you have been doing a show with Gary for a long time. Yeah, and, two years. And, and there's a part of me. Because I don't think I've ever seen Gary interact with you. That almost that like Gary kind of has like a nomad look to him too, like long hair, kind of like he's just like a cool <laughs> dude. Like I like Gary, but like th- there's kind of this thing where I've always wondered like, does Gary know who Bogman is? Like like <laughs> you know I mean? like if you tweeted him, would Gary know? Because I've never seen you and Gary interact. I know you guys do the show, but like like well, literally, yeah, usually re- it's one of us doing the tweet and the other one uh, retweeting. Well, like, because he's he's just as bad at Twitter as I am. So sometimes he remembers to do it. Sometimes I remember. But but, but so. what I'm coming from is like originally, like you just reached out to Gary in the very beginning. Hey, you want to do a show? And he's like, yep. And you guys just started doing a show. It's yeah. the most like weird out of nowhere, almost like hippie type of vibe type of thing. So when I saw Gary tweet about you, 
I I had this moment, Bog, where I went, Bogman's made it. I'm I'm, pr- I'm proud. My boys made it. Yeah, I did like he was like he's fully corrupted now, and I've been doing full IDP league since 1997. <laughs> you wrote IDP so. in the goddamn black book this year too. So <laughs> now that you're in the death match, I just it was a funny well, moment. Death match is big, and you know I don't pay attention to a lot of industry stuff, but I do pay attention to uh, death match. So uh, happy to be in it and. Uh, the last industry IDP league I was in, I won. So hey. these guys better be afraid. What was that? That's what I'm saying. That was the one that Joe set up, uh, Joe Pizapia set up over on uh, Fantrax. It was that Roto IDP league. Oh, so, ooh. Ooh. yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I didn't say I loved it. I just said I won it. So, all right. Well, I just I just want to tell you. See, that wasn't as insulting as you thought. Yeah, yeah, not not quite as, but still a little insulting. I mean, it was a little but, bit, but not, yeah. Not, not as insulting as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I just, so. I was proud. I, I felt like a proud papa. I was like, look at that. Mm-hmm. Like, people like yeah. tweeting about Bach. Yeah, you know I'm like three months older than you. You are. You're very, very older than me. Yes, very yeah. old. Very old. I mean, physically, I'm sure if a doctor looked at us, he'd be like, you're not in great shape, but this guy's worse. Yeah, well, you know, your heart's That's probably popping. what he'd say. Last couple days, for sure. Um, we were talking about uh, we were talking about baseball in the Marlins. I, I don't know if I have too much more to say on it, though. What what is interesting that baseball has made this pivot, and I find it fascinating, kind of on both sides. Like I'm, I, I feel more and more by the day judgmental about just what a what a horrible horrible job uh, Rob Manfred does with his company and his business. And you know, I like at the same point. Like how much does he actually make decisions instead of, is he just like asking other people to do it and you just have poor management skills just because so many things are done, I think in a bad, incorrect way. I don't know if this is bad or good. It probably leans on a, on a good side because of like how weird the world is right now, but they're like change stuff is changing on the fly. And that's why I think it might be kind of good. And with the Marlins absolute debacle, of what they've done with, you know, just not taking care, not taking it seriously. And so many other teams too make them look embarrassing. And it really shows from a franchise standpoint, like how much better the nationals are like literally even thinking about like, you know, David Robert, David Martinez being like, I don't know about even playing this year. Like people taking it so serious. The Marlins are just classic Florida man, just like, woohoo, don't <laughs> care going out for wings. And like, they, they're so embarrassing that baseball found a way to see if they can figure this out and pivot off of it. And one of it is, I believe it's been a hundred percent agreed upon as of today that moving forward, they've agreed that double headers, they are going to have double headers and this will be in an attempt to fix any of these missed COVID things. The Phillies have missed games, Yankees, obviously the Marlins, a lot have been missed that they are agreeing to double header games but of seven innings. So like, I don't know what the point of the seven innings thing really truly is shaving two it's innings just, off. I like they agreed. It's not it. to tax the, uh, the <sighs> bullpen arms, but who cares? You got 60 of these dudes. You, you created I mean, roster. There's already been weird injuries. There's already been weird arm injuries that, that have happened. So I think that's, I, I think that that's just the point. Is, I mean, maybe you know, because there's no, have, day, it's like no it's days off. So weird. You know, and you're already playing a bunch of games with very few days off. And summer camp was kind of quick. You know, it seemed quicker than spring training for sure. And you had to stop and start earlier this year. I think it's just, you know, it's just all those little factors add up to let's just give these guys a little bit of. I guess like I love that they they've had they've created an agreement to make sure that they can work through where everybody plays 60 games, you know, money, money, money. 
So that's fine. And, you know, we want to see that because it'll be weird if, you know, the Marlins have played 50 games and, you know, then they go to winning percentage like John Heyman, I think, had um, had, had proposed. But I, I really like that they're doing it. I don't know if I'm passionately against the whole seven inning thing. I think it's odd. And I really hope people out there didn't keep complete games as a category this year, embarrassingly, because <laughs> that's going to affect it across the board. But, you know, from a fantasy perspective, it could change a lot. I mean, there are plenty of bullpens that might not get touched. And um, I mean, I guess, you know, you can still get your saves. You can still lock into your saves. But if you have seven innings, you might have teams be a little bit more timid about what the rotation looks like during those games. You know, where a guy I, might normally go five or six, they might cap and say, well, we want four because we want the bullpen to come in. And I don't know uh, if they change the rules because the roster's already expanded uh, about, you know, double headers. Do you still get to add an extra guy to your I roster? Think, I, I, think you, I think you do. Because uh, okay. if you if you remember the um, the Indians just played a double header the other day and they did that with Daniel Johnson. They optioned him literally after the first game. So they're able to kind of manipulate that. But the the other thing they've done on the fly is baseball has uh, talked and I think theoretically agreed, or at least it's being floated around, that you know how like they were going to do this periodic drop in roster size? Mm-hmm. that they're not that yeah. it, it, like, I don't think they're going to, if anything, they might add more spots as time goes on. So I like it's a, it's a one positive thing is I like that baseball is open to being flexible when they seem like the biggest, dumbest zilches on the planet when they were trying to come to an agreement, <laughs> like they would not be flexible. And even stupid Rob Manfred said, so well, in none an of interview this stuff after. Is about money. Well, so, not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. the other was with money. Yeah, it, well, it's kind of without about money, money. I think you could come to a common agreement, uh, you know, some type of a common ground on. Well, no, no, you know, it's because... kind of about money, though, Box, because if they did, if the Mar- let's say the Marlins, for example, they didn't play all their games that have that would have something to do with a TV deal, you know, with a certain amount of games not being televised. Yeah, I, I think I think they'd be able to, you know, wriggle their way out of that because they have stuff for, uh, you know, um, they have stuff for rainouts and crap like that too so i uh, th- there may be some cancel game provision but uh, also like how about the 10 guys on the marlins that don't have covid they're not getting paid these games i don't think no they, they are well are they still getting paid the original agreement i believe actually baseball is looking into this the original agreement is that all players would still be paid regardless but okay. i think because of um you know the isn't the, the, the covid opt-out cheaper though like i i know like, because David Price isn't getting his money, right? He's no, just, no, because he opted out. He doesn't get paid. No, he opted okay, out of the okay. season. He does not all get right, paid. Right. But I think baseball is looking into because of the situation of, uh, you know, the storyline that's following what the Marlins did. I think that's part of the thing too. Like, if they knowingly broke rules, went out to some, you know, club or whatever, you know, didn't follow this or that, their baseball might might slap down and might hit hard. I, I don't know if it'll happen. It seems like it would be a really stupid, bad play because then, you know, what if just for argument's sake there, you had a bunch of Marlins that now are revolting and you have a whole team of players that are now opting out because they're yeah. losing, you know, uh, a fifth of their paycheck and, you know, they've got baseball not behind them and they've already, you know, they're, they're all being ostracized and stuff like this. Like what if just, you know, what if you have that? And it seems like a player union, absolute nightmare that would go on. But, you know, baseball has come to that agreement and it really feels like mid-August on, we might be having some serious baseball nights, some doubleheaders that are going to be going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if there's uh, another outbreak. I mean, we did have two Phillies test positive 
Uh, today we'll see if we get more over the weekend or whatever. Uh, of course, and their weekend series was canceled now. Uh, but it, you know, I think people also got to realize that uh, while a bunch of the Marlins made a mistake, baseball is also learning. You know, we're all in a yeah. learning process of how this works and how sports are going to need to work and when we should take a break and, and all that stuff. Like, um, you know, I, I saw people insulting the Lions. I, I did think it was kind of goofy, but insulting uh, I, the, the Lions, uh, because they put plexiglass in the locker room between each locker, the, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and I was like, you're on the field for an hour sweating on top of each other, but plexiglass in the locker room. All right. I mean, I guess it's an extra thing, you know, uh, but oh, you don't like were, it. Well, I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I, I'm like, okay, you know, I just don't know what it's going to do. Like these guys were already out practicing, sweating and running into each other. Yeah, But after a game, you know? I don't know. Dude's just like walking around. Well, look, It's just one more and, thing. It's yeah, fine. Why not? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not hating on it. I, it, you know, uh, it, it's just, okay. You know, one more thing, but people on, uh, people on Twitter were roasting the well, lines for, do- uh, for doing it. I mean, and, and not just, I don't think they were just your average, you know, right or left leaning, uh, tweets. It was just people like, Oh, this is so damn stupid, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, just one more thing. Like, you know, maybe this is going to do nothing, but at least it's an attempt. Hey, you know what I mean? Whatever we can do to keep things going. Like I, I think, with how smooth baseball is running right now, it's more embarrassing the Marlins are. They're they are more embarrassing with what a joke because like I look at I actually had this moment where I was watching the Diamondbacks Dodgers game and they just had the shot of like Cody Bellinger into the stands and I was like, I just all these people that are just like, Man, these games are so weird without I could care less about not yeah, seeing I don't fans care there. It means bigger. nothing to me. By I think, the way, the, the at Chase Field, loudest it's ever been is with no fans. No kidding. Yeah, but broadcasts, they sound great. They're doing a fantastic job. You're hearing more stuff on the field. I see no problem with it. Baseball it actually seems, for the most part, you know, there's some places that get little dings. Anthony Rizzo was bitching about the, the Reds um, on Thursday and, you know, having the guys in the stands in concourse. And they're, they're always finding little things. For the most part, they're humming along pretty damn well. And then you have a, you know, a, a team that just makes it look like a disaster. But hopefully it can be, you know, for the best and it can help them move forward because I'll take whatever you got to give me to make sure we have the season that holds through. That's, right. That's all that I want in the world. We got to go to break. We come back, though. Uh, we can talk about uh, one of the best players in baseball that's out. Maybe get to some basketball because guess what? It is back in the bubble. And we'll be right back. Thanks for sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com can't believe what fell all your dreams yes Hot stand drain. Let's play some in this league. Welcome back, friendos, in this league, right here on the Sports Grid, where we Bogman are back. Uh, we get on well, the grid. Where, where we, we get on the what? grid. We get on the grid. Where we get on the grid? Yeah, get on the grid. Well, you said where we are. Where, no, I said where we. I thought you said where we are. No. 
I don't think so. Go back and listen. Another apology. Yeah, no, I, would, I really wasn't paying. I was I was ready for you to do the introduction. I'm just trying to watch the D-backs, see if they can peel a run off these miles here uh, for me tonight. I do like and, the selfishness uh, of, like, you know, where, like, you have your favorite team and you're just like, man, I, I screw my fantasy team. I just want wins. Where you just gotten to the point you're just like, can I just get some run? Like, they can yeah. lose, but just for another run or well, two. Uh, you, well, you got to realize that. The, the Diamondbacks have four losses on the books, right? Yeah. Five, four, or five, three, four, three. Like, you're allowed to lose a game by a run, man. Yeah. You know, you're you you're allowed one. to not eat up my f- whole damn afternoon. <laughs> you're what? On the, on the yeah, <laughs> you heard that. Was that, also, how was I about to take that, uh, was I about to take that advertising money back that I sent you earlier? <laughs> yep, almost wrecked that, but I didn't. All I didn't. Right. I, I, I stayed okay here, so. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just uh, this team's a mess. Yeah, it is. It, it is a mess. You know, one interesting. Get on thing, the grid. We, oh, thank you. Get on the grid. We were just talking about. Um, you know, you're kind of talking about the, like the fluid weirdness of everything, and you're talking about double headers and then wanting to give rest. You know, the the closer situation I can't get over right now because you know the the Thursday night uh, Diamondbacks game with the Dodgers, which we're kind of referring to right now. The night before, Kenley Jansen, who does not look fantastic, by the way, you know, velocity is down and just doesn't doesn't look like old Kenley. Um, but you know that was already happening last year. He was in for the save, and then the next night, of course, the Dodgers are in another save situation, and no Kenley Jansen, not at all. It's uh, it, they went to Pedro Baez, so I mean, he is a viable save option. And the closers, I think, if you were to like pinpoint the what is the biggest chaos, it has got to be the closer situation. From yeah. you know a top ten closer in Taylor Rogers, not Tyler, um, being nowhere, just on a milk carton, disappeared. To closers we thought were going to be viable, like Nick Anderson, are not whatsoever. To teams that are kind of garbage closer situations, anyways. The Giants have been crazy. Uh, Mark Melanson just got a save. I, I want to say that's like the fourth different save from a relief pitcher so far this season. Uh, it is, and I don't even know if they have that many wins. It's just <laughs> nuts. You, you said just a relief pitcher. I think you meant the Giants relief pitchers. So that fourth what? different guy with a save. Yeah, like the is fourth. Is that what you're saying? I'm it's saying that like, had one, or, or no, th- we're talking about the Braves here, right? No, no, I was talking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I just put him, I put Melanson back on the Giants, like, yeah. uh, for whatever reason. But well, um, see, this is what happens when baseball is just firing up right when we're doing football prep. I guess, I <laughs> All guess. All the names meld into one team. But, like, this is the exact scenario. And you also have the guys that are struggling, like uh, Craig Kimbrell and Sean Doolittle, really, really struggling. Daniel Hudson came in for the Edwin next save. Edwin Diaz, you can't even say is nice. No, done. He's just terrible. He's done. Yeah. He's he's absolutely done. But like, when you have the viable closers that are also struggling, it's putting up more opportunity. That I think teams that felt like they might not be in like a, a competitive save spot are now. Like I think you know the I think the Nationals is Daniel Hudson first, and then you might see some Doolittle. I think the Cubs legitimately can move away or not want Craig Kimbrell to be in like back-to-back situations. And for no reason whatsoever, outside of maybe stuff being off, you're already seeing it from the Dodgers. So, you know, saves are, man, pay where you can. You know, if, if you can dive into a situation, even if it looks weird, and your your fab really this year or waiver claims should be jumping on save but opportunities. I put, but I put some on Holland, and then today... They brought him yeah. in for a, uh, I mean, he got the win, which is nice and all that stuff, but they brought him in not for the save, but in a tied game in the sixth after he got the save the other night. And we all assumed he was the closer. So I feel like 
I, I feel like saves are just saves might go away because it might just be a different, or at least we may not chase them. We may just switch that to holds. It, it would have been a great year to have save holds, but at the same time, though, there there is a true value on you getting a true closer. You know, you have such a yeah. step above anybody else. Yeah, but if there's only like four in the league, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's a good point. Uh, it, you know, uh, I, and, and it, obviously that's not it's not going to change overnight or anytime soon. You know, probably take four or five years of you know two or three guys getting. 30 saves and everyone else getting, you know, way, way fewer than that uh, for something to change like that. But I don't know, man, the way the game is going, it seems like, you know, the ninth inning just is not as important as it used to be. I think there's a, there's a lot of teams and I think you're going to see an effect next year. And it's really more of a conversation for next year in studying here that, you know, we talk about like, Hey, it's a great year to experiment and blah, blah, blah. I think you're going to see a lot of teams with more flexibility doing more stuff like this, you know, treating pitchers like more and more high leverage. Nick Anderson is the high leverage, uh, raise, you know, pitcher. And yeah. even though they have been going to Oliver Drake and I think you're starting to see, you know, you saw the Cubs move away from Kimbrell. You're seeing, you know, night two, the Dodgers say, nah, no, Kenley go to Baez. And I think, this is going to, not that teams didn't already know this, but so many teams are going to kind of be thrown into this that you're going to see more rotational closer situations next year than you're probably ready for. Because everybody chalks it up right now as like, well, you know, it's COVID and, you know, guys weren't prepared. And there's only so many games, yada, 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 yada. But next year, you're not going to really have that excuse. But I think so many teams are going to have experimented enough and made pitchers more comfortable with it that they're going to be able to sell that. Now, at the end of the day, for arbitration and stuff, pitchers are probably yeah. going to hate that. That's going to be a big effect on closers down. Well, yeah, there's going to be an ugly. There's going to be an ugly scenario at some point about that. Like, because... what do you think the good closer number is this year? Like, it's only sixty games, so like, you know, I guess if you cut it, if you cut a normal closer's saves in half, let's say like a good closer gets well, like thirty five. So let's say you go down to 18 and then you're going to cut, you know, another 40 games off. So let's call it like a good closer this year gets 13 saves. That sound yeah. good. Yeah. How I many... mean, I, I don't even know. I'd be interested because I didn't look, but let me look at what the projections said. Oh yeah. Look at project. Look at like a decent closer. Look at like a Taylor Rogers, what he was projected for. He was kind of in there because I mean, you know, if, if a good if 40 is really good and that's one quarter of 106, essentially one quarter of 162 game season. So 15 would be like a 40, uh, 40 save season this year. You know, a quarter of the season would be 15 mm -hmm. saves. So an average He's projected for nine okay. by, uh, by uh steamer. So uh, Taylor Rogers was, Yes. What about Ozuna? Give me Ozuna. Uh, I mean, this will kind of kill some of the question. Because if, if I'm trying to make a case that 15 is like elite, you know, quarter of the season level, maybe 13 to 12. 10. Okay. I was going to say, how many closers do you think in 2020 get double digits? How many double digit save closers are there this year? Uh, four. You know, not many. Yeah. I want to say uh, four or five. Yeah, they have Hater at nine. So, well, I Hater's mean, one of those leverage guys too, though. With the Brewers, they'll screw with you. Like, yeah, but but he really was he really close on the back half. So, yeah, know, I mean, he'll go thirty-seven deeper into, saves last year, so. and he'll go deeper into games. But I mean, could you even try to predict like who those five are going to be at this point? Like, Ozuna missed some time early on, but he jumped right back into the the situation. But they, well, they Jimenez already has four. Like, you yeah. know, that's yeah, uh, that's insane, right? Yeah, Andy's a tiger. So, um, 
But I'm saying you I, come into next year with only four closers, let's say, like your number, four yeah. closers potentially had double-digit saves and a lot of... T- Look at the, the Indians for a minute here. Brad Hand is a really good closer. He's a top echelon type of closer. Well, uh, James Karinchak was got the save on Thursday night. He came in, pitched a perfect nine ninth inning, and he's kind of awesome, and he's kind of one of those future guys that you envision as a closer for this team. Like if the, if the Indians were to move on from Brad Hand, they're not going to do it this year because they're probably going to win the World Series. Um, he would be the closer of the future. They already went to him and he got a save in a, in a perfect save situation. There are so many teams that are playing around with this that the 35 save closer, who had the most saves last year? Um, I don't remember. Let me let me look it up. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can because I want to say like on the top off the top of my head like is it like 43 um, pitching? I think I might get to it. Maybe not. Wait, let's see saves. It was uh, oh that's who was it? It's it's not the guy. Oh, who was, was it? It, it will. It wanted to tell me it was Dakota Hudson, but it wasn't. I think it was Kirby Yates who had 41. It was yeah, Kirby yeah. Yates had 41. So one. 40 close say uh 40 save closer. 40 close save yep. guy. There were 11 <laughs> closers. Was the third top half type of a pitch yeah. last. There time, were so. 11 closers in 2019 who had 30 saves. I think that could be chopped in half in 2021. We might be looking at like five or six that get into the 30s with more tan and it's all speculative here, but if right. enough teams find success and like playing around with this and you know they, they've had a, a what quote unquote an entire season and postseason to really push this around. That it's not about one closer anymore. It's about viable options across the board. Like the Padres would be the perfect team to do this, but they hold to it. Kirby Yates is one of those guys. So you know, in 2021, it might be like Hater, Yates, and like Yeet, and like two or three other guys <laughs> at best. You know, maybe the Yankees won't go back to it if 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 they like where Britain's at and they yeah. go back and forth with Britain and I'm, Chapman. I'm trying to think about how the uh, three batter minimum will change this too. You know, that's something that I'm I'm not. Yeah, I just hadn't considered uh, until talking about it right now. So uh, I don't know, man. It's gonna look weird. What what do you think they'll do as far as arbitration and all that stuff goes? And and are you still gonna, you know, as an agent or a player, are you still gonna want your guy to get uh, incentive-based deals around saves yeah. or does that go out the window? Do they need to only be holds or do I, maybe they already write them in as holds or saves. Yeah. I, I mean, guys like, like Drew Pomeranz got paid. He got paid pretty good and he wasn't getting saves, you know, and he right. went over to the Padres. I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's more going to be about, you know, ERA K per nine, you know, stranded runners and stuff like that. But I mean, let, let's not be silly to think that like these guys don't get paid off of saves. Craig, Craig Kimbrell was, you know, yeah. one of the better closers that we and think of the price that the um that the Cubs paid for Roldis <laughs> yeah. Chapman, you know, in Glaber yeah. Torres and stuff like that. I I just wonder, not that it necessarily means too too much, but I wonder how far the league pushes off into next year and what that does for because because it would take it would still take a couple of years for people to adapt to going to save holds type of thing. Yeah, it'll take fantasy a couple of years to have that be more of like a standard. But I wonder what we'll be able to read off of this year going into next year. And A, will it be worth buying the Kirby Yates? Or B, 
just sit back and you know daniel hudson what? could end up being like a, a league winner if he gets the saves with the nationals and you didn't have to even pay for him <laughs> let me ask you this would you rather be uh an agent in arbitration trying to argue uh that your client deserves more money because he got holds and they're pretty much the same thing as saves or would you rather be the commissioner of a crotchety old baseball league uh that you want to move saves to saves and holds like which which is the worst scenario to be in if you're a person? Well, what do you mean, old crotch? You're like a fantasy <laughs> owner? Yeah, like no, no, no. Like you're the commissioner of a league that has a bunch of old crotchety fantasy owners. They don't like change. Oh yeah, and you're trying to change saves uh, to saves and holds or whatever. I mean, like, it, it's so hard because like the reason I would love saves and holds is because then I can just get back to devaluing the reliever and not worrying right, about it. Right. That's my favorite thing on the planet. I would love to not. And then I could just go for leveraged, you know, eighth inning guys. You know, Nick and Nick Anderson would go from a guy who was going around 15 or 16 on speculation. Now looks like we shouldn't have gone there. He would be a top 10 option because even if he's going to be in a leveraged situation for the race or getting saved, he's going to have crazy high K per nine, good ERA. And he would be worthwhile as like just a top 10 reliever. And um, also some of the concern on some of these other guys would just fade away you know we would yeah. like hater is not that he wasn't already the number one guy but he would be an absolute no-brainer maybe we wouldn't be as butthurt about sean doolittle or craig kimbrell i mean they look like garbage that's their problem but like yeah. if they were losing saves it doesn't kill us so much right, like will right. smith going to um going to the braves people were drafting him over some of the other guys we'll just take him because he's probably the best yeah. reliever in that pen and if he gets a hold who cares about the save so um yeah. And with the three batter minimum, you know, maybe some sometimes uh, some of these middle relievers are going to be worth more because if they look good, it's like, well, let's bring him in uh, for an inning and then maybe give him a second inning if he looks real good. Yeah. You know, uh, so maybe some of those guys start to stack more innings, too. Uh, that's that's a possibility. So I don't know. Uh, how did we get down the relief? I was just, right? I, you know, I was just watching Pedro Baez and it just it made me think about, you know, like they're going to go seven inning double headers. That's better for bullpens, but teams are going to be experimenting and they're already doing it so early. Just one day, yeah. like they don't want relievers to pitch two back to back days. And guess what? There's no like days off anymore. So these guys are going game to game to game to game to game that obviously it's, it's more out of necessity right now, but at the same time, I think there'll be enough teams that are going to ride this experiment out into the future. You know, they're, they're guys yeah. that have been groomed. Jonathan Hernandez could end up being a closer for the Rangers uh, maybe, but he's going to get the opportunity. And if teams see two or three guys, they've already had this experiment of exchanging the players in and out. I just think that maybe it's not a league league wide adopted thing, but if three teams are doing it, you know, before this year, and then coming into next year, maybe you're going to have like 12 teams, you know? So if yeah. you have half or, you know, maybe a little over a third of baseball going more the committee route on closers, it changes and just wildly kind of devalues that bottom end. and just makes it more of a crapshoot where you're going to have the dudes taking closers in like, you know, 40 overall and 35 overall. And then if you don't get those, you're just going to wait. You're just going to wait yeah. and try to get Daniel Hudson or get, you know, Kyle Crick or Nick Birdie or something like that. So Yeah. And it's going to be weird to see like, you know, if a front office changes, are you going to want to devalue some of those guys too? Because now they're analytics based and maybe they're not going to use the closer as a closer. 
So yeah, uh, that's weird stuff to think about. Not if too, not man. if you're the Red Sox. So did you hear where they were like, uh, analytics department never has sent us a lineup. And it's like, well, <laughs> maybe should have. Maybe you should have. Yeah, that, that's why you stole signs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't need your analytical department because, you know, he had a camera. So, all right. Uh, that's the end of hour one. Bogman Welsh right here in this league where we, Bogman, are on the grid. Ah, oh, we get on the grid. We're going to go to break and try to get, we're going to try to get back on the grid in hour two. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 